0: Hi everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Commercial Finance, Product Structure and Strategy. So in today's episode, I'm going to be carrying on the A to Z of raising commercial finance. So we're up to L, L being for leverage. So just before I jump into uh, a bit about leverage, I just want to say this episode is being recorded slightly differently to how it normally would be. Uh, so normally I'd, I'd have all the gear, I'd have all my microphones and everything, um, proper editing software, everything else in order to, to create these episodes. Um, but actually what I wanted to do is, is record the audio straight into my phone uh, using an app called Anchor. Um, the reason being is that I want to prove to people that anyone can set up a podcast. Um, so there's a lot about sort of you have to have all the gear, you have to have all the editing software, everything else. You don't. You just need a phone, the ability to waffle, which I'm very good at, uh, and you just need to be able to talk into your phone. So for anyone who doesn't believe that anyone can set up a podcast for free, download the app Anchor and you can start up a podcast yourself. Um, So it'd be great to get some feedback on this episode. Uh, If anyone thinks that the quality is poorer than it normally is, um, if anyone for any reason didn't enjoy the episode or if you think the audio is better than it normally is it'd be great uh, to get some feedback because this literally is being recorded in my kitchen through a set of headphones into my phone so yeah it'd be great to get some feedback so into the episode so L is for leverage so if you were to google leverage you'd be met with two definitions the first definition of which is to use something to maximum advantage so if you take that from a finance uh, standpoint. Lenders expect you to leverage those around you. You're not a contractor or project manager, unless you are, in which case you are. But if if you're listening to this as a sort of property investor or, or newbie developer, you haven't got that project management contractual experience. So chances are you're going to bring in an external project manager, you're going to bring in an external main contractor in order to come in, lay the bricks on site, do the refurb, whatever it may be. So, lenders expect you to leverage off of their experience. So, as I've mentioned in numerous previous episodes and in a lot of Facebook posts, you want to be leveraging off your solicitor, your main contractor, your project manager, your finance broker, insurance broker, mentors, accountants, architects, and planning consultants. You want to be leveraging these people's skill sets. They've spent Either years going to university, years setting up their own businesses, years making themselves experts in those fields. So what you don't want to do is try and become a jack of all trades and a master of none, because actually you can create a team around you where everyone is a master of their trade. So make sure that you're leveraging off as many people as you possibly can. Um, When you're getting your investment pack ready, uh, obviously make sure that you mention everyone who's within your team. Uh, because whether it's going to a lender, private investor, whoever it may be going to, they want to see that you've got the team around you in order to deliver the project. That is what they're looking for at the end of the day. They want to make sure that you can deliver what you're actually setting out to do. So the second definition that you're going to come across is to use borrowed capital for an investment, expecting the profits made to be greater than the interest payable. So again, when it comes to raising finance, Leveraging assets is both a good thing and a bad thing as well. So it can be a good thing if you're leveraging against assets that you already own, as it allows you to release funds to then go and purchase other properties, other investments. So you may have a house that's worth a million pounds, may have a mortgage of £400,000 on it. In theory, as, the long, uh, as long as the lenders deem that you can afford it, then you could, in theory, release up to another five hundred. £1,000 against that property if it's your own house or another £400,000 if it was a buy to let. So the reason being is that you could leverage up to potentially 90% on your own residential mortgage or 80% on a buy to let. The money that you would release in that scenario could then be used to purchase other property, which in theory, the income from those should cover their own mortgages and they may even be able to cover the mortgage of the property that you've just leveraged against. So in theory, that sounds wonderful uh, and could obviously help you to expand your portfolio quickly. So what we mean there is obviously by leveraging, you have the ability to release capital, which you could then use to expand your portfolio to obviously create a bigger property portfolio. However, what happens if the market drops? So obviously, we're if you're listening to this pre-October, uh, obviously, we're expecting Uh, Brexit at the end of October. Uh, Who knows what's going to happen with the market at that point. If you're listening to this post-October, Brexit may have already happened or it may have been kicked down the road a bit further. So obviously we don't know what's going to happen. The market may drop. So this is when leveraging your portfolio to the maximum actually becomes a bad thing. So if we were to suffer another major recession and you've leveraged up to 90% loan-to-value on a personal asset or 80% loan-to-value on a buy-to-let, you could end up finding that actually the banks look at that and say, whoa, hang on a minute, you've exceeded uh, the LTV that you're supposed to have because if you're at 80% against an asset worth a million and then all of a sudden that asset drops to be worth 800,000, you're then expected to put money in to actually bring that loan-to-value down. One important point on this, just going off on a slight tangent, is make sure you check the wording within your loan document. Uh, This is really, really important because you need to make sure what happens in that scenario. So are you expected to put money in? Can they just repossess? What what is the scenario if you drop, uh, sorry, if you exceed the LTV uh, that, that the lenders have set in place? So make sure you understand what happens in that scenario. So in September 2017, uh, the Prudential Regulation Authority, uh, or PRA if you want to shorten that, uh, moved to try and counter this from ever becoming an issue. Um, Obviously with all of these things, they make moves to try and reduce the risk of these things happening. They introduced a new scheme where portfolio landlords would have their affordability tested across their entire portfolio if they had four or more mortgage buy-to-lets. So these new regulations require lenders to take a more specialised underwriting approach towards portfolio landlords, which means not just looking at LTV ratios across the entire portfolio, but actually looking at the quality of the assets in the portfolio. Um, Those that are being purchased, are they of a good quality? Is there a concentration risk? The experience of the business owner? Maybe their overall financial position, uh, track record of the portfolio. The uh, borrowers need to be able to come up with business plans as well. Uh, that's a new thing that's been introduced as well. So this approach is aimed at ensuring that landlords can afford that debt that they're taking on. So if anything was to happen within the market, you're not overleveraged. And that, that's essentially what we're, we're trying to move towards, is, is a market where uh, borrowers are not overleveraged on their assets. So whilst the buy-to-let market is being regulated further, there's quite a scary trend uh, emerging in the market at the moment. uh, And that's that bridging lenders and development lenders are actually starting to allow higher LTVs than ever before. So this is mainly down to the fact that obviously it's an unregulated market, um, as well as the fact that more and more private investors are actually entering this space as lenders. So it's very much a race to the bottom at the minute. Um, Everyone's dropping rates. Everyone's getting rid of an exit fee, reducing their arrangement fees, increasing their loan to values. It's turning into quite a a worrying trend. Um, Now, that's not to say that these products aren't good. They are good if they're used in the right way. So on the face of it, I mean, it it sounds wonderful uh, being able to get higher LTVs on bridging, on development, but when this finance comes at a premium interest rate, You really need to ensure that the project has enough profit to swallow the costs. Again, if the market were to drop, you need to have a plan in place and understand what your exit is going to be. So bridging and development lenders are notoriously more aggressive with repossessions. So make sure you've got an exit in place, obviously, to avoid that. Now, if you ever listen back to some of my other episodes, obviously, I've I've spoken quite passionately about exits. Um, I'm very, very passionate about ensuring that if I get anyone into, into finance, that they can get back out of it again. So what I would say is whilst leverage can be a very good thing, just be wary uh, of the bad side of leverage. And in fact, actually by over leveraging yourself, you really can start to put stress on the portfolio. Or if you're developing, uh, if you've overleveraged yourself and actually the market drops, how are you going to get out of that deal? Uh, Because the last thing you want to do is build 10 million pound houses that are stuck on the market and can't move. um, And you've over leveraged yourself to a point where the site needs to be repossessed because it just sets you back years. So keep that in mind. Uh, Obviously, understand the leverage as you move into your projects. uh, And obviously, always keep an eye on your portfolio as well. It's always good to keep a spreadsheet. Uh, if, if you haven't got one already, which shows your entire portfolio, shows what your average LTVs are. It just gives you a really quick view of actually where you are as a landlord. So hopefully it was really helpful. Like I said, this, this uh, episode has been recorded slightly differently. So if anyone has got any feedback, uh, that'd be lovely. I'd, I'd love to hear uh, some of your thoughts on it. But otherwise, thank you very much for listening.